Welcome to Bible Platform, a half-hour radio broadcast ministry with Reverend Hansen Metal, the General Overseer of Christian Worship Center. Stay tuned and you will be blessed. Your Praise God and glory be to the Lamb of God. We are together again to study God's word so that we'll be quickened, we'll be energized, empowered to live the life that counts. More importantly, that we might contend for the faith. That has been my theme, our topic for these past few weeks. And today we're going to re-emphasize the point that every believer must contend for the faith. Don't chicken out when you are confronted with issues that has to be explained regarding your faith because you haven't studied the Bible. Don't chicken out when you see souls being trapped by wolves in sheepskin, not my words, Jesus Christ. Don't chicken out by saying, well, I don't want to be regarded as being judgmental. Iron sharpens iron. When I'm wrong, you have to tell me. When you are wrong, I have to tell you. We do it in love. We do it firmly and strongly as we can with all the emotion and passion without being insulting. That's very important and basic to our study. I have read and I want to read again from the book of Jude chapter 1, only one chapter, the verses 3 and 4, the NIV. Say, dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. Verse 4. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped among you. They are godless men who change the grace of God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord, our only sovereign and Lord. The bottom line is this. We have to contend for the faith. The caution is this. Contending for the faith does not mean going out there, insulting people, going out there, getting involved in unnecessary arguments, which we are being warned about all over in scripture, especially in Paul's letters, he speaks against getting involved or getting trapped in unnecessary arguments that brings quarrels and all that kind of stuff. In his first letter to Timothy, here he said, chapter 1 verse, from verse 3, he said, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than stewardship from God, that is, by faith. The aim of our charge is love, that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, vain discussion, 
desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. So here we are. Paul writing to Timothy, even though we are to contend for the faith, he said, that is not an invitation to go and quarrel with people and uh, insult people. It doesn't achieve the aim for which the admonition is being made for us to contend for the faith. Contending for the faith. Let me read Titus chapter 2. Paul writing to Titus chapter 2 from the first verse. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Now, if we don't know what sound doctrine is, it is for us to study. Like Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God. Beloved, you can't just take the Bible and flip a page, read a verse, and begin to give it your own interpretation. This is a holy book. And people have studied this book through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and through scholarship. By studying the original language, bringing it to us in the form of modern day languages, translating it every day for us to get a real grips of what the doctrinal position of this scripture is. And therefore, we must be students of the Bible. In other words, we must study the Bible and let the Bible say what it wants to say, not what we want it to say. And so when we study the Bible in this real context and let the Bible speak to our lives, we are very careful about areas where we are just quoting for the sake of application to situations and circumstances and where it has to do with real doctrinal issues. This is where souls are either lost or saved. And that is why Paul will write to Titus and say, but as for you, Teach what accords with sound doctrine. So there is sound doctrine and there is unsound doctrine. Very, very important and very, very crucial. Now Paul writes similar advice. And in the same vein, Paul told Timothy that it is important for him to stick to teaching that which is godly, but to do it in a way that will bring glory to God. Because there are false teachers out there and they have to be tackled. They have to be confronted with love. So, my brother and sister, the point I'm trying to make as we take off again of this theme of contending for the faith is that none of us who name the name of Christ has any excuse will be quiet because somebody is going to be offended by our declaration of the truth. Light has no excuse to give to darkness for its own brightness. If a light enters a place, darkness must go. It's as simple as that. The darkness cannot stop the light from entering. And if the darkness wants to stay and it thinks it has the capacity to stay, it should stay. Jesus said, we are the light of the world. And so if we see darkness all around us, we see people, I mean, teaching doctrines that just only centers on meeting the material needs of people and de-emphasizing their spiritual value, the salvation of their souls. And we go into silence mode the scripture is saying it is simply not right. When people are asking about the one through God, and every day on television, on social media, we, we see all kinds of junk, spiritual junk, being churned out, and innocent souls being trapped. We cannot stay in our small corner and say, we have the anointing of God, and come and see me, and 
come and pay me one million and I'll pray for you and you'll get your problem solved. And okay, so I get my problem solved today, I die tomorrow. Where am I going? We don't care. Really? Something is not right. Let me take you to the book of Acts, chapter number two. Acts, chapter number two. On the day of Pentecost, there's never been an anointing like this. Never. Like a mighty rushing wind on the day of Pentecost. I'm reading the English Standard Version. When the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, there was a confrontation. They could have chosen to keep quiet. Because even what was happening to them, they themselves, were, seriously speaking, they've never experienced anything like that before. So, they could have kept quiet from verse 5. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation. Devout men, I wanted to note that. From every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. Now, Here's what, where I want you to take note. Others mocking said they are filled with new wine. Today people make fun of our faith to the extent that now people mount platforms in the, in the name of drama or whatever they call it. And they make fun of my Jesus. <laughs> my goodness. They make fun of my Jesus. They make fun of speaking in tongues. To entertain. To entertain. And sadly enough, sometimes church people, we bring such people into our churches to come and entertain us. Making fun of our faith. The holy things of God have become objects of jokers. My brother, my sister, it is time to wisen up and contend for the faith. Say, no, no, you can't do this. No. If you can't say anything about it because where you are, you have no space you still can protest by walking out. That is not a posture of holier than thou. It is glorifying the blood that was shed on Calvary. The pain, the anguish, giving it honor. Let the world think what they want to think. Honor Jesus, my brother, my sister, by contending for the faith. So they said, well, these people are drunk. The apostles could have just continued their business of church. This is what the Bible said. In verse 14. Reading from verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Oh, how I wish that the spirit, the true anointing that shook a coward like Peter would come upon his church. That there will be true revival. Not just a matter of people falling down, getting up, going back to their same lifestyle. No benefit to the kingdom of God. Oh, the anointing is here. Everybody falls down. Everybody gets up and everybody goes back to our corruption. And everybody go back to our sexual immorality. We go back to our lies. Come on. Something is not right. 
Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. Wow, the fisherman. <laughs> now, remember that in the previous verses I wrote, they said that the people who were gathered were devout men. They included very, very learned men. How dare these fishermen stand up and say, give me your ears. You better listen. I have something for you. Glory to the Lamb of God. Only the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And when I mean exploits, I'm talking about souls being won. Kingdom being expanded. Not people being entertained. Their ears being tickled. Our selfish motives and needs being massaged and serviced. Serious business. Souls being won. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my way. I love this. I love this. How, how great would it be to have the voice of Peter ringing on our television stations, telling both old and young, High and low, give me your ear. I have good news for you. Reading from verse 15. For these people are not drunk. We are not drunk. Those who have given their lives to Christ, believe in him as our Lord and personal Savior. We are not drunk. <laughs> Hallelujah. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose. Your opinions about the church of Jesus Christ does not define does not direct what the kingdom is. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So prophecy is good. But it must be from God. Because the devil too is a good prophet. <laughs> In quote. The devil can prophesy. Remember when he was tempting Jesus. He quoted from the Bible. The devil knows the book. The Bible tells us that in the end times. He will raise his own servants. Who will come and will do miracles. And they are here with us. And that's what we are saying. Contending for the faith. Calling God's people to shine their eyes. And, and see the, the light from the darkness. Hallelujah. You are listening to the Bible platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. Don't go away. We will be right back. Tune in to the Bible platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. This and every Tuesday from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM. And your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Welcome back. The message continues. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Prophecy is not going to be, it's not limited to some 
angels and whatever. Prophecy is for everybody. And prophecy is not only predictive. I see this about you. I see a cat wearing a rainbow shoe. Um, uh, that is funny. The, the most um, blessed prophecy you can ever receive comes to exalt, to encourage, to correct. It's not about putting fear in you because my Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear but of boldness. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace. And here you are shaking before a man of God because you are afraid. If you, don't, if you don't do the right thing, if you don't pay the right money, come on, wake up. Christ paid for something better than that. My soul is disturbed. He paid for something better than that. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace. The door is open. The curtain is open. There should be no intermediary between you and God. Somebody can help you pray, yeah. But you don't live the rest of your life depending on somebody to help you pray. You grow in the grace. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. You grow in the grace. So, I like the fisherman. Here the fisherman continues his discourse. And he began to quote from the book of Joel. And he said, even on my male servants and female servants in those days. House helps. They will prophesy. He said, I will pour my spirit. And they shall prophesy. So, if we are not seeing it, the prophetic word. If we are not seeing it among God's people, ordinary people, then something is just not right. And the enemy is capitalizing on it so effectively. Verse 19, And I will show wonders in, in the heavens above, and signs on the earth believe. Now who is talking? God. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. It is coming. Before the day of the Lord comes. A great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are blocking people from calling the name of the Lord. We are giving them other names. We are giving them our names and our titles. So people are in church, in quotes. They know the titles that we were than the titles of the one who redeemed them. People are in church who don't care who, who Jesus Christ is. And they honor their, their, their so-called prophets than the Lord of life. I'm saying it is time to contend for the faith and call a spade a spade. At least some people will be saved. And that is the mission. And that is the reason for this platform. Hallelujah. Peter continued, verse 22. Men of Israel. Oh, I love this. Men of Israel, direct. Men of Israel, men of Ghana, men of Africa, men of America, men of the world. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. Peter did not preach himself. <laughs> Beloved, immediately pointed to the Redeemer. That's where we are getting it wrong. He said, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. Now let me chip in this. Whoever introduced this title of major prophet and minor prophet? relative to preachers and prophets of our day let me give you a little education on this when you read the bible the bible never mentioned major prophet the bible never mentioned minor prophet theologians decided to group the books into major and minor with the intent that the prophetic books that are bigger are classified as major the smaller ones are classified as minor. So to take that title on yourself and say you are a major prophet, 
I'm afraid you got it wrong. The craze about title is blinding us to the assignment, the call to save souls, the reason for the death of Jesus Christ, the reason for having to come and endure the shame that he endured. Church, here is a voice in the wilderness contending for the faith. You are welcome aboard. Peter continued, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Now for those of us who always talk about you must learn how to talk diplomatically, I don't know where we get that from. I don't think you would ever dare to stand anywhere and declare in the midst of the hostility that prevailed at that time against anything that has to associate with Jesus. I don't think with our present day Polish diplomatic gospel preaching, you would dare preach the gospel like Peter preached. But I'm saying there is a voice that is calling for true revival to go back to our first love and preach Christ without compromise, contending for the faith to the glory of God. Hallelujah. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. <laughs> God raised him up. They did not want to hear that. There are people who say they believe in Christ. They'll tell you, oh, we believe in Jesus. We believe in Jesus. But tell them he died and rose again and they are offended. They don't believe in Jesus. They, 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 they have their own Jesus. But the Jesus of the Bible died. He was killed on the Pontius Pilate. Historical fact. He rose again. The empty tomb is there. It's become an attraction for tourists. It's there to prove. He rose, ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of glory and he will come again. And he's the reason I'm passionate about what I'm doing. Because when he comes, I'm going to account for the time, the resources, the grace that he has so freely given to me. So freely given to me. And I want all who are out there under the sound of my voice, every day of my life, as long as I can breathe, to share in this wonderful grace. Because it is ours for the taking. Freely you have received. Freely give. That's his word. And that's the path we are treading. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So Peter, the fisherman, continued his discourse. And he said, God raised him up, losing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Death could not hold him captive. And death cannot hold you captive. Jesus said, don't fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the spirit. Think about that. It means somebody can kill your body. So it's no, it's no news at all. But beyond the body, there is life. Eternal life. And we must make sure that that one does not elude us. Because as for this one, all of us will go through. All of us. The sound you are hearing right now, the voice you are hearing right now, one day will be silent. I'll be gone out of this body. All the prophets, major and minor and middle, will go. But before we go, we might decide either heaven or hell. And Jesus wants us to make that informed choice to connect to heaven because otherwise his death would be in vain. Verse 25, For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, 
or let your holy one see corruption you have made known to me the path of life hallelujah you will make me full of gladness with your presence are you sad are you frustrated are you confused is somebody enslaving you with prophecy come on come off it you are bigger than the lie of the devil listen to the last verse i read as chapter 2 verse 28 you have made known to me the path of life the path of life there is a path called the path of life jesus said i am that way there is no other there is no other way jesus christ is the only way friend stop wasting your time and your life give your life to jesus just give it to him and when i talk about give your life to jesus see it's a deliberate thing i did it i've been there before running my own life thinking i was smart doing my own thing alcohol all kinds of stuff i didn't save myself i didn't have the power to stop doing the things i was doing that were not pleasing to god there was nothing i did than to say i receive god said i offer you my son if you receive my son who has paid for your sins you will be reconciled to me all i did was to say yes lord i accept your son why because i cannot save myself and nobody can save me now i give my life to jesus going forward what do i do i develop my relationship with god through prayer the study of the word fellowshipping with true bible believing church because he said do not forsake the garden of yourself together uh, but i will never mortgage my life to a man a human being because no human being can save me only jesus that's why peter said in this scripture and i, I like the way he he said it in verse 23 of Acts chapter 2 this jesus this jesus this jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you are under the sound of my voice, you don't know this Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. If you should die right now, you are finished. No amount of prayer can take you from the clutches of hell. For it is appointed unto man to die once after that judgment. If anybody tells you you are going to come back here, Nalayo, you are not going to come back anywhere. The moment you fall down, your soul is separated from your body. The line is ruled judgment. I pray for you and I pray for myself. That God will keep us and continue to reveal himself to us. And if you are a believer, wake up. Stop making excuses. Contend for the faith. Let people know you are a believer. You believe in Jesus Christ. No apology. No insults. But you will never denounce him. Because he has done too much. Thank you for listening to Bible Platform. Your friend, Pastor Hansen Metal, contending for the faith now and always in Jesus' name. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Bible Platform. For questions, prayers, and counseling, Contact Reverend Metal on 0244-239024, 0244-239024.
0242-324-1024. Thank you for listening. Tune in same time next week. God bless you. Oh, Lord, yeah.